This is a podcast from the Business Times. Welcome to Wealth with BT, hosted by Genevieve Kwa. In this episode, find out where the opportunities in private debt are and how attractive the returns can be. This episode is brought to you by Pictay Wealth Management. Hi there everyone. I'm Genevieve Kwa, Wealth Editor of the Business Times and host of this podcast, Wealth with BT. Today we're going to talk about private debt or credit, which is an option if you're thinking of investing in private markets. Investing in private markets is all the rage these days, as bankers and investors want assets that can help to diversify portfolios. Diversifying means the assets should not move in tandem with the market, and they're expected to perform better than stocks and bonds. Last year was a painful one for public markets. In its effort to dampen inflation, the Federal Reserve raised interest rates seven times and three more times this year. At the time of recording, the overnight lending rate, or the Fed funds rate, was 5 to 5.25%. Higher interest rates cause bond prices to fall. For stocks, higher rates also cause valuations to drop. So there was nowhere to hide last year, and the balanced portfolio fell by double digits. In this episode, we'll focus on investing in private debt. Why is there so much buzz around this particular corner of alternative investments? What are the risks you should be aware of? Most of all, as interest rates are now significantly higher than they were in the past decade, what rate of return should you demand in return for the trade-offs you have to make in private debt, like illiquidity and lower transparency? We have a guest in the studio to discuss private debt investments with us. Go Huyang is Pictay's Head of Alternative Investments in Asia. I'll introduce her in a short while. First, here's some backgrounding on private debt. By investing in private markets, you put your money in assets that are not publicly listed and may have no secondary market. Some examples are private equity, venture capital, and real estate. You have to qualify as an accredited or a sophisticated investor to invest in private markets. Private debt has existed in some form for many years, but it really came into its own after the 2008 financial crisis when capital rules for banks became tighter. Lending to companies was seen to be a higher-risk activity, and banks had to set aside more capital. This led to a financing gap, and private investors stepped in. Growth in private debt as an asset class has been tremendous in the past decade. Rock-bottom interest rates forced investors towards higher-risk assets to get yield, and so institutions and wealthy families flocked to private debt. If you recall, interest rates in developed markets were so low that bond yields on government debt were negative. In fact, some advisors positioned private debt as bond substitutes. According to Prequin, assets under management in private debt hit 1.4 trillion US dollars last year. Some of this AUM is dry powder, or capital waiting to be deployed. Prequin expects the AUM to nearly double to around 2.3 trillion US dollars by 2027. It projects a growth rate of almost 11% a year from 2021 to 2027. Here are some important things to note about private debt. Most borrowers in this space are smaller and mid-sized companies. 
Generally, there is no debt rating for the borrowers. This brings us to two key risks. One, compared to public debt, there is less transparency on the underlying companies you lend to in private debt. This means the credit risk is harder to ascertain, and there may be no mark-to-market valuation on the portfolio. Second, you have to expect illiquidity. This means you may not be able to exit a private credit fund during the life of the fund. Of course, these days you can find private debt funds that are designed as liquid or semi-liquid alternatives. With these liquid alts, you do have a liquidity window, like monthly or maybe quarterly. The lack of liquidity is a double-edged sword. On one hand, it allows managers to manage their portfolio without having to deal with sudden redemption requests. A lock-in period actually helps returns. But on the other hand, as an investor, you may find yourself in a bind if you're unable to redeem an investment for any reason, like a personal cash flow problem. Because of the illiquidity, you have to demand a premium in returns as compensation. The big question today is just this. How much of a risk premium should you get? Bear in mind, interest rates are high now. Unlike 10 years ago, you can now get an attractive yield from public markets. Based on indexes, investment-grade bonds can yield 5% and high-yield bonds more than 8%, and they are liquid. One plus factor in favor of private debt is that the debt is usually floating rate, which takes care of interest rate risk. But there are other factors to consider. The economic cycle has changed. Today, companies face three big challenges to their profitability and ability to service and refinance their debt. These factors are higher interest rates, a possible recession, and higher inflation. What does this environment mean for default rates in private debt? This is a key question you will need to get a handle on. But because this debt is private, it really isn't easy to get industry data let alone company-specific data. Prequin has in fact forecast weaker performance for private debt as an asset class. It expects an annual return of 8.4% from 2021 to 2027. This is one percentage point lower than the 9.4% from 2015 to 2021. Here with us in the studio is Go Hui Yang, who can give us some insight. Huyang is Head of Alternative Investments Asia for Pictay Wealth Management. She previously was with Tamasek, where she was Director for Private Equity Fund Investments. Thanks for joining us, Huyang. Please tell us more about private credit or debt as an investment. Why get an exposure at all? Well, private debt, first of all, is lending to private companies, such as loans and bonds. Key point being, they don't trade in the public markets. These are privately negotiated agreements between the lender and borrower. According to Forbes, private debt is one of the fastest growing asset classes over the last five years. It has reached an estimated size of 1.6 trillion US dollars. Regulation in the wake of the global financial crisis forced banks to pull back on lending to corporates, especially the riskier ones. In the meantime, private non-bank lenders have not only stepped in to fill the void, but grown the industry pie. So private debt is a big market, but why get an exposure? That was your question, Jen. One, diversification benefits. 
Private debt generally has a low correlation to listed stocks and bonds. In addition, contractual coupons generate a steady income that lowers portfolio volatility. Two, e-liquidity premium. As mentioned, private debt is not traded in the public capital markets. Hence, investors can extract e-liquidity premium as compensation for taking on the risk. So the third reason, but not the last, structural downside protection. Debt sits above common equity. That is, it is higher up on the capital structure. This debt profile is important because lenders have higher claim on assets. Not only that, they are the last, if not last few debt investors to lose principal. As private debt is a bilateral transaction, protective maintenance loan covenants can be negotiated in the agreement. For example, maximum leverage on the borrower's balance sheet. Another example is a fixed charge coverage on borrower's assets. These covenants are typically tested every quarter. This is to ensure the borrower maintains financial health, hence providing investors a margin of safety. Still to come. How today's macro environment affects private debt? Is the base case for making investment still intact? And now back to Wealth with BT, brought to you by Pictet Wealth Management. Now let's get to the big question, which I call the million-dollar question. What do you see as the impact of higher interest rates and inflation on private debt, and of course, the impact of the economic environment? Go Huyang is Pictet's head of alternative investments in Asia. Great question, Jen. Firstly, private debt typically consists of floating rate loans. Borrowers pay interest rates on their debt that are subject to change based on economic conditions instead of a fixed rate. These are typically tied to a benchmark, such as risk-free rate, and it includes a credit spread. Following the steepest Fed funds hike in decades, risk-free rate has risen significantly within a short period of time. At Pictet, we believe higher inflation is the new normal, and if you share a similar view, elevated rates could be here for quite a long time. So, floating rate loans can be resilient to inflationary pressures. Protecting private debt investors from macro headwinds. Now, with recession at all doorsteps, earnings will generally be impacted. So far, there is no consensus of a deep recession. If that were to happen, we would experience more defaults and/or slower recovery rates. These could potentially lead to investment losses. Having said that, private debt has already shown its resilience in the face of inflation and rising interest rates over the past year and more. But what risks do you reckon investors should keep in mind when investing in private debt, and how can those risks be mitigated? As with any investment, risks include loss of invested capital and impact of economic cycles on the company one lends money to. I would highlight three other risks, starting with illiquidity. Private debt is not readily tradable and can take a few years to exit or mature. Hence, investors have to factor in their illiquidity tolerance when considering this asset class. Next, country or legal risks. As debt investing relies on credit rights to a certain extent, 
local legal frameworks and rule of law are important considerations. These risks may be mitigated by investing in favorable jurisdictions with strong and established creditor protections, for example, Chapter 11 of the U.S. Bankruptcy Code. Another risk is leverage. Some managers use leverage to optimize or enhance fund returns, but it can hurt on the downside as well. If leverage is not properly structured or managed, managers may be forced to sell fund assets to raise liquidity. Overall, we at Pictay believe that diversification is key. A common way to mitigate risks is to invest into private debt funds. A well-constructed fund portfolio may have on average, say, 20 to 40 underlying investments, offering investors access to a broad range of sectors, geographies, and strategies. When selecting private debt fund managers, one should consider due pipeline, sourcing network, due diligence processes, portfolio management discipline, amongst many others. As you said earlier, Huyang, private debt has shown its resilience. In fact, the performance track record has been very rewarding in past years. But what's the outlook for returns going forward? What level of return expectation is reasonable after accounting for all these factors like interest rates, fees, illiquidity, and other such factors? So Jen, the first thing I would say is yield is attractive today. This is a result of higher base rates over the last 12 months. Additionally, spread has been widening, and this has yet to price in a deep recession. And given ongoing withdrawal of central bank liquidity, the regular funding route remains challenged. With a looming recession, albeit a mild one, liquidity crunch will add to the pain due to increased borrowing costs. Data shows that many companies have debts maturing over the next three years. It doesn't help that banks are pulling back. Default rates and losses are therefore expected to be higher in the coming few years. The upshot of all of that tightening financial conditions will, however, create a funding gap for companies. With a greater bargaining power now, private debt lenders will find this a better pricing environment. Summing it up, the leveraged loan market has never been as big, as levered, and as lowly rated for a long time. We expect the years to come to offer compelling entry points in this space. Importantly, credit selection is critical. Robust risk and portfolio management practices are also essential to ensure the health and performance of private debt portfolios. With this current outlook, attractive equity-like risk-adjusted returns could be achievable. Thanks for joining us today, Hui Yang. Thanks for having me here, Jen. There you have it. I hope you get professional advice on whether private debt has a place in your portfolio. It's always good to be as informed as you can be before you take the plunge. Until next time, thank you for listening. This episode of Wealth with BT was brought to you by Pictay Wealth Management. This is a podcast by The Business Times. Find more BT podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.